everyone, Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation. My guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist of Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Mike, we are glad to have you here. Welcome. Thanks, Siobhan. Glad to join you. Good morning. Good morning. Perfect. Let's get started. So today, Fed Chair Powell is delivering his speech for the much-anticipated Jackson Hole Symposium. How have market assets traded heading into the event, and what are the CIO's expectations for the September policy meeting? Yeah, so, yeah, anticipation has been high for Jackson Hole. Um, Actually, earlier this week, I saw charts saying something along the lines of the mainstream financial media publication mention of Jackson Hole. Uh, is like near a record high. So, you know, clearly it's supposed to be an important meeting, uh, right? Uh, I would say that, you know, it's not that important, to, to be totally honest. You know, equity markets rarely make meaningful moves based on the outcome of the symposium and, and the Fed chair's speech, uh, and I don't really expect them to move meaningfully this time either. Uh, the large part of that reasoning there is that uh, Fed Chair Powell, he won't be giving guidance towards their September meeting uh, and meeting decisions. So beyond the lack of guidance between now and their September decision in late September, there's just still a lot of daylight and we get a lot more important data points between now and then that could cause the Fed to adjust their thinking and, and their actions. Uh, most notable of that data is the August payroll uh, information and CPI data. Uh, and that'll give us a little bit further read into how the inflation and labor market dynamics have trended more recently. So given that background, you know, I don't want to claim that Jackson Hole is responsible for most of the market moves that we've seen this week, but clearly, clearly markets were a bit jittery. Uh, I think when, when all things are said and done, it'll probably turn into a non-event by the time we're looking back on it towards the end of next week. Uh, but looking forward to September, markets have actually been pretty consistently split uh, about whether the Fed is going to hike 50 basis points or 75 next month. Uh, and we expect it will evolve kind of consistent with the incoming data. Uh, our CIO base case is that they go 50 basis points, uh, but we could, you know, also revise those expectations based on how the incoming data looks. Uh, so I guess the, the summary here, Siobhan, is that Jackson Hole is going to be more bark than bite. Uh, and we do, do still have a ways to go before we get, you know, further clarity on what the Fed might do next month. Oh, wow, Mike. Thank you for that information. I know that's going to help people manage their expectations a lot and provide a lot of context for the trading moves following into the event, considering all of the, you know, anxiety and anticipation surrounding it. So in consideration of the recent run-up in risk assets, which are fueled in part by the tech sector, the CIO is guiding investors to not chase after the broader rally and tilt any tech exposure to more resilient segments. So, Mike, what can you tell us about this? What exactly is the thinking here? Yeah, yes, that's, that's, that's right, Siobhan. And the rally has actually been staggeringly fast, honestly, you know, over 15% off the recent lows for the broader equity market. Uh, but like you said, we don't recommend adjusting portfolio positioning to chase this rally. Uh, rather, we, we want to reiterate our more defensive uh, stance and posture, and depending on your exposure to those those higher beta, you know, maybe tech parts of the market, potentially think about increasing some defensive positioning a bit. And so more specifically, what, what does that mean? Well, first, in terms of our, our actual asset class preferences, 
We are reiterating and keeping our top-line preference uh, for U.S. value equities versus growth. Uh, given the higher quality, more defensive nature, and cheaper valuation profiles, uh, you know, in the face of what is going to be continued increases in interest rates. Uh, and on the back of the strong rally this month, we're actually increasing our defensive recommendations when it comes to U.S. equity sector positioning and preferences uh, by opening a most preferred view on the consumer staple sector. Staples are a defensive sector. It holds up well as the market lows more broadly. Uh, the performance of the staple sector tends to have a strong relationship with developments in the ISM manufacturing index, uh, which has been slowing recently, and we expect to continue to slow in the months ahead, uh, and valuations for the sector remain reasonable in our view. So takeaway here for investors is don't chase this rally. If you're heavily overweight tech or high beta growth in your portfolio, now is probably a good time to trim some of that exposure and deploy it a bit more defensively. Okay, perfect. So your last answer is going to kind of provide a little bit of context for the next one. So looking back on the macro calendar, it was pretty busy this week, especially towards the end. There was the estimate for the Q2 GDP and on top of that, inflation-related data points. Can you provide the listeners with some information about this? What can you share with us? Sure. So we did get revisions to GDP and inflation data this week. Um, honestly, though, it wasn't that market moving, especially as traders were really focused on Jackson Hole in the run-up to today. Uh, but looking through the numbers, so second quarter GDP was revised up, which was expected. It was revised up from negative uh, 0.9% to negative 06 uh, And personal consumption was adjusted from a 1% increase to a 1.5%. Uh, those were, you know, not surprising. And other than those revisions we got yesterday, uh, other no, uh, other data points this week, there was weakness in durable goods orders, which came in flat versus an expected gain of 0.8%. Uh, and the other notable trend that, that we got a lot of data points uh, for this week was the slowing activity in the housing market. So new home sales were weaker than expected with a monthly change of negative 12%. Mortgage applications fell over 1%, and pending home sale weakness also continued. Uh, but, you know, given the rapid rise in rates that we've seen and then, you know, subsequently mortgage rates, the cooling is expected. And, you know, it's not really a leading indicator of more substantial economic weakness at this time. Uh, but we did actually get a few other notable readings this morning worth a quick mention. Personal income and personal spending came in well below consensus, uh, disappointing those expectations. The PCE core deflator for July, that's that uh, part of the inflation readings that the Fed does pay close attention to. So that July reading came in at uh, positive 0.1 versus uh, 0.6% for the month of June. And that actually brings the year-over-year pace down uh, to 4.6% versus 4.8% in the month prior. So some signs of weakening price strength there, which is great. Uh, and lastly, we're going to be getting the final revision of the August University of Michigan survey results in, in the next hour or so, uh, where I'll, I'll be most closely watching the five to 10 year inflation expectation results to see if there's any signs that the, this higher inflation pace that we've had lately is, is leading into those longer term expectations. Thank you for that information, Mike. For the preview part of today's podcast, we're going to be looking to next week. What should people be looking for? What can they expect? 
What will be taking place that investors should be mindful of? I suspect it'll be a relatively lightly traded week for markets, just given you know, we're, we're late in the summer and the U.S. labor market, or uh, sorry, Labor Day holiday. Um, but we're going to be watching how things are trading after Jackson Hole today. Um, you know, as I suspect, if I am wrong about the implications of the symposium and there are major market moves in response to Powell's speech, uh, it'll probably take a few trading sessions to start to really pick apart the broader pattern rather than just the knee-jerk reaction we would see, you know, in immediate reaction today. Um, but beyond that, there are a few data points we're watching next week. So the first is the ISM manufacturing, uh, which I mentioned earlier. So consensus expectations are looking for a slight decline from last month. Uh, but that expectation of a 52.1 reading is still solidly in expansionary territory. Uh, beyond that, the big focus for the week is going to be the non-farm payroll data for Friday. Now, I suspect this data point will be traded uh, much more heavily and more meaningfully than Jackson Hole, uh, as it's one of those few major indicators I mentioned, uh, you know, that we're going to get before the Fed has to make their September rate decision. So that'll be the focus of next Friday. Um, and that really covers everything I have this week, Siobhan. Thanks again for having me on. Thank you so much, Mike. This was really helpful and insightful. You shared much-needed context and information about a fairly busy week. Again, today, we have been joined by Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist of Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO dash disclaimer.